tonight. I'm excited to um, kind of give you details about a special night that we have planned for you this evening. But I want to uh, ask you a question that's pretty relevant. How many of you know what a refugee is? Good. What do you know about refugees that are happening currently? One person, raise your hand if you know. And it's lots of people, right? How many, what else is happening? Anybody know? Well, governors are trying to stop that. But it all changes. I mean, we all have lots of, of opinions. You know, should they be allowed? Should they not be allowed? But it all changes when you know somebody personally. Then it's a different fight. Because then it's somebody that you love who you want safe and you want secure. How many of you participated with us last year when we did a collection for uh, Christmas presents for a refugee family? Did y'all like doing that? How many of you got to deliver those gifts? What'd y'all think about that? What'd you say? It was fun, fun, wasn't it? What'd you like about it? Mm -hmm. Anybody else who got to share? Lydia. Mm-hmm. And how were you received? How did the people receive you? Happy. They were so glad that you were there. It wasn't so much what you brought, but that you were there. Our family that we had, they didn't want us to leave. There were like seven of them, and there were like eight of us, and we were in a room probably about the size of our Sunday school room for the high school girls. It wasn't very big, but they didn't want us to leave. They just wanted us to be there and to share with them. They tore open all the packages put on their clothes or whatever it was they had. They smelled their good smelling stuff. It was just a great time. So we're going to get to do that again this year. We have a list that we're going to be passing out for you to start planning. Some of the things don't have to be new. You may have some of the things. Maybe you have clothes that are in great condition that you could donate. We won't know who our family is for a couple of weeks yet, but as soon as you know, then our list will get more specific. But go ahead and start collecting these things and... Even if our families can't use them, there are other families that will be able to. We're excited tonight to introduce you to two friends from World Relief. Last year, we met Lita, who was from where? Who remembers where she was from? She was from Iraq. And she had a great story to tell us about her life and how God's hand was on her life from the point of Iraq when she was persecuted to the point of America where she was safe and sound and, and thriving. I'd like to introduce you tonight to we have Lita uh, Emmy who is from Burma. How many of you know where Burma is? Two people. That's awesome. So we're going to we're all going to know by the end of the night. And Emmy's going to come and share her testimony of what happened in her life and what got her from Burma to here in America. All right. Okay. Okay. Hi, everybody. Very nice to meet you all. Um, uh, 
b- before I come here, uh, I uh, how I know about America is that like in the beginning uh, in Burma, the the preacher, one of the preacher, his name is uh, Judson. Um, he he came to Burma and he preached the gospel. So. Uh, like in what, five years, within five years, he got only one person got saved. But later than the whole, not the whole, but like uh, I'm from Chin State, Burma. Uh, so like in Chin State now, 85, more than 85 person are Christian. So we became Christian. And but then later I learned that um, like in uh, United States, uh, own, uh, there are not people who believe Jesus Christ anymore, you know. So I, I'm very happy to see these young people that you still love God. And so I'm very happy and I'm very happy to introduce about my country, myself, and world relief again. Uh, yeah, my name is Emmy, and um, I was, as I said, I was born in Chin State, Burma, very small town called Falam, and uh, in Burma, like there are seven states and seven division. Uh, so uh, Chin State is one of the. Uh, one of the ethnic minority in Burma. So uh, those ethnic minority, we live in the border area. Uh, mostly Burma is plain area, but like where we live, where I was from, it is called Chin State, and it is mountainous area. And uh, <clears throat> the... In Burma, since 1962, the military uh, took power over. Uh, from that time on, uh, like they they send the soldiers into those border area. So the people, uh, the people, those who live around there, like the soldier will take them. As porter, they will let them ca- carry their their bags and guns, and uh, so like my uh, mm, even some people even in the school, like in the village, only up to middle school will be there. But even in that area, the soldier will go and then ask the student to come over and let them carry their ration or their guns, you know. So uh, those who deny, they are badly uh, uh, beaten up and sometimes killed. So, um, uh, like the people, those who live in the... uh, Eastern area of Burma, they are called Karen ethnic. They are uh, they run to uh, Thailand border. It is um, uh, 
Thailand border, and it is uh, they live in the refugee camp. There will there are around more than ten thousand Korean refugee from Burma are in Thailand, and uh, even like they are also Karen is one of the ethnic minority, and then Shan, and then Kachin, and likewise. Since uh, I was f- uh, from Bur- western part of Burma, uh, our country is uh, closer to, my area is closer to India. Actually, Burma shares the border with uh, India in the west side, and then Thailand in the east side, and then uh, China in the north side. So, uh, so I... I will, uh, I ran to uh, India, and I was mostly grown up, uh, especially in 1988. The students, uh, they were the student uprising, like those who, uh, the student, the college students, they they realized that our ruling system is very bad. So they started to do demonstration. So whoever go on the way to do demonstration were sh- shot by the uh, soldiers. So there are a lot of students died in 1988 uprising. So uh, that's why, like they let. So uh, at night, the soldier would go to any house and then uh, take anyone they want, especially if they are youth. Uh, they say they, uh, you are a threat to them. So they, whoever they want, they will take them to jail. And some people, there are a lot of disappearance. So in that way, uh, so the school were closed down. Uh, the school closed down for one year, two years. It is so funny. Sometimes, you know... Th- the whole country without school for one year, two years. And then, so, uh, because, uh, and then sometime again, they open the school because it, it, it doesn't look good that the school is closed. So they open the school and after one or two months, they will close again. And then, so, you know, uh, and like it, even if you walk on the way, if you walk on the way, you see a soldier. If the soldier comes and uh, feel feel like he wants to do something, he can do anything on you. So, like, that's why many times, uh, even after we arrive here, when we see the soldiers, like, we run away. So, uh, that happened a lot. And... So, uh, in that way, I I come to uh, India. Uh, I I was in India and I was there like uh, more than fifteen years. I was there, and then uh, after I was there, I learned that the UNHCR is helping the refugees. So I also. Uh, file there, um, apply there, and then so then after going through a lot of uh, 
interview and and security check and everything then i get to come here to united states uh the first time i come to united states uh, uh that time it was 2010 or uh, february 22 i came with my husband we came here and we are so ha- very happy to be here it is very peaceful and we are uh like we are so happy when we come here and then uh the government uh program like food stamp they gave us so we were so happy but after 2 3 months uh, uh the food stamp were cut off when we started working and then you know uh, sometime it was like how are we going to survive you know we, the road are so big and a lot of road and we don't know how to drive how are we going to survive how are the people surviving i think it is not the place for the refugee you know <laughs> and then uh we need to know the rules also right we need to know the road we need to know the rules uh, and we need to have a car and oh, you know to have a car is i can't imagine how we are going to have like thousands and thousands of money like even 1000 is very difficult to get right so uh, we couldn't imagine but then uh after staying here for some time uh in the beginning you know we feel very homesick also we feel homesick because yeah the rules and regulation here the system is very strict for us because um there there is no system actually it was uh now i can imagine you know like uh, there is no rule looks like there was no rule in there but you live in fear all the time here you have rules so you know you don't need to fear right you just follow the rule it is very clear but there you know everything is very uncertain always fear but uh after i come here like uh and uh yeah god is so good that we could uh, we could stay here peacefully the first time we come here the first thing i experience is peace i feel very peaceful and then uh then after i learn about the the rules and the the rules about driving and everything then somehow god provided money to to buy a car and then i started driving and in the beginning i don't know the road but i come to know the road and then i can look at gps and follow so <laughs> it's very good to be here and yes nowadays we were talking about syrian refugee even yesterday uh we watch the news we watch the news about uh syrian refugee and uh, this one of the chin burmese uh girl she's 6 years old only but she started 
high school, uh, preschool, and you know, so she she speak English, so she she think herself she's American. <laughs> yeah, she was like, what happened to these people? You know, she doesn't know about their refugee, and she was like. Uh, what happened to them, and all these things she asked me. And so I explained to her, uh, and they are like us, you know, they are like us. They, uh, and, but if they are like us, why can't they come here? And then I said, uh, yeah, but the people don't want to, the, the people, the governor, uh, the in the TV, it was the governor who says that he will not allow them to bring here. So, yeah, he's the governor. He's the leader of uh, here in Florida. So he will not, uh, he doesn't want to take. And then she said, why, why, why don't they want to take? Why are people killing each other? And then uh, why, uh, why? Is there anybody who, who feel pity for them? And why people don't want to take them in here? And then I explained to her as much as I could uh, that uh, there are some law. A little bit I explained to her. I can't explain a lot to this six-year-old girl also. And so I explained to her, yeah, it's complicated. But she insists they should bring here. They need a safe place to stay. They need a safe place to stay. So, uh, and she was asking me, uh, yeah, if they cannot get, if, if they cannot come in, that will be, uh, uh, they will be, uh, they, they will have a lot of difficulties. So why can't we pray for her, pray for them? She asked me and I said, okay, we'll, we'll pray. In, on Sunday, I said. And then she said, "No, they they will die before Sunday." <laughs> so, okay, so we turn off the TV and then we pray for them. And yeah, today again, uh, I went to the dentist office, uh, taking my client to the dental office, and then. The doctor asked me about that. The doctor, he's really old. He's really old, and but he he's curious about uh, knowing refugee and also uh, especially Syrian refugee right now. And I I told her, yeah, they, I told him that yeah, this Syrian refugee they are not allowed to be here. And then he said, oh yes. I don't, uh, uh, for me, everybody re- want our family to be safe. And uh, he also want his family to be safe, but not other people to be safe, you know. So uh, as we are, uh, as we are a believer of Jesus Christ, uh, we love his creation so, uh, and uh, as he says that, love your neighbor as yourself. So, uh, uh, it is our duty to love our fellow uh, refugee. So, I would like to conclude my speech with uh, loving each other, loving our friends, to love our Syrian refugee too.
Thank you so much. for that. Um, we have Meg here who works for World Relief, which is a resettlement agency that's out of Jacksonville. And she was going to come and just, if you have questions about how the process works, and you can ask her. If you have questions for Emmy specifically about Burma or anything like that, you can ask that as well. If you both would come up and one thing um, Emmy mentioned, Adoniram Judson. For you guys who are missionary minded, Adoniram Judson was a college student who felt the call to go to go into missions and he felt called to go to Burma and it was because of him that Emmy and so many like her know who Jesus Christ is so you know I pray that we've got some Adonai and Judson sitting in our midst here tonight you'll come up here and if you have your questions So how many of y'all know um, the refugee process? Uh, are y'all familiar with that? Have you ever, anyone ever shared that with you about um, just how it works, you know, how they get to come here and the kind of assistance they get here? Would y'all like me to explain that a little bit or with that? Okay. So basically, um, most refugees, it takes them many, many years before they can come to the United States. Um, you know, I think um, like what's happening um, with the Syrians in Europe, that's really unique. That's not the typical process for refugees. Most refugees like like Emmy, they have to, you know, they flee to another nation and they stay in a refugee camp for many, many years. And like Emmy was, um, you know, in India what, for like 15 years before she ever came to the United States. And uh, most of the Burmese, yeah, some of them like are born in the refugee camps and they've lived there all most of their life you know, until their 20s before they ever even get to come to the United States. And then also in the African nations too, the Sudanese and, um, let's see, the Congolese, um, those, are, those are the same, where it takes them so many years before, before they ever get to come to the United States. And most of the refugees actually um, uh, stay in refugee camps like all their life until, it's only a small percentage, I think like less than 1%, I don't know the exact percentage that ever actually get to go to a third nation, you know, to get to resettle in America or Europe or Canada. Um, so most refugees don't even get to come to a first world nation. They end up living in a refugee camp their entire life or um, getting to eventually return back to their, their homeland when it's safe to return. So it's actually just a small percentage that ever get to come to a Western nation. Um, so, but, uh, yeah, so that being said, um, when they come, um, you know, you experience, like, because I, 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 Emmy and I both do case management. We do social work. So we're the ones helping them when they first arrive to the United States. Um, and uh, it's exciting because um, a lot of times we have volunteers that will go pick them, pick them up in the airport and it's awesome. They'll make signs for them. Welcome to America. They'll have balloons and flowers and things like that. And, you know, the refugees are in their native clothing, most of them. When they arrive, you know, um, they just have a few outfits usually and um, with them. And uh, so a lot of times volunteers will pick them up and, and then take them to their apartment. And a lot of times, depending on what nation they're from, um, you know, a lot of them have never had electricity um, and have never, uh, you know, they're just unfamiliar with basic, 
you know, uh, daily living skills, you know, especially um, a lot of the African refugees, um, they, you know, are not used to a refrigerator. Um, they're not used to uh, knowing, okay, um, gosh, well, uh, this, is, this is the way it is. I mean, a lot of them are not used to using soap. I actually was in Africa for a year. I lived in Africa for a year. So I remember, I mean, just not even, like, they're not even used to using soap, many of them, you know, because they have lack of soap. So, you know, uh, most of them just re- will just rinse their hands with water and think that's fine. So they have to be taught, okay, you know, you need, there's germs, you need to use soap. Um, you know, they're, they're used to washing. Even though, um, like, you'll show them in the apartment complex, the um, washer and dryer, they have to put the quarters in to use that. Most of them are used to just washing by hand, so they'll still want to wash their clothes in, the, like, the bathtub, you know, things like that. You know, so really a lot of volunteers are just there to help them learn their daily living skills, teach them basic things, how to live life, how to drive, you know, um, the laws, the rules here in the United States. So um, that's a huge need that we have um, is just for friends for the refugees. And especially um, with the Muslim population that we're getting, we haven't gotten a lot of Syrians yet, um, and we don't really know, you know, what we'll be getting, um, if we'll be getting any at all right now um, for the future. But um, most of the Muslims that we've received are from Iraq and um, Afghanistan and, um, you know, it's very interesting um, being a case manager, uh, working with, you know, mostly Muslims, because most of the people on my caseload are Muslim. Emmy gets the Burmese, which a lot of them are, are, are Christians, because they, that nation was evangelized by missionaries. Um, but uh, the Muslims, you know, it's interesting. They, they really, you know, were like, gosh, the Muslims, other Muslims don't help us. It's the Christians that, that really you know, that are, they're helping them. And it's really speaks a lot to them because, um, they're like, wow, you know, you guys are Christian and y'all are the ones reaching out to us. Y'all are the ones, you know, helping us with our basic needs and loving us. And, um, you know, so, um, that is, I kind of like, I personally go back and forth on, you know, receiving more Muslims to this nation, to be honest with you. Like, I'm like, oh my gosh, do we really want to do that in America? You know, do we want more Muslims to come into our nation? What is that going to look like? How is that going to, you know, our safety, our security, just our culture, how is that going to change everything? But the fact is, I mean, if they are going to come, you know, I'd rather Christians be the first ones to reach out to them you know, really, we need to be the first ones, you know, to give them the opportunity to hear about Christ, because they're just, they're lost, they just, they just don't know the truth, they're, they're just a lost person that needs, you know, to hear, to hear the truth of gospel, and, um, and we, you know, so that's really my personal heart, is to, in whatever, whatever way God can use me, whether it's here in the United States, or helping send, you know, missionaries, to Muslim nations, if, if that's possible. Actually, I have a friend who, um, she is about 23 years old, and she um, graduated from UNF and taught school for a year, and then she took a mission trip to um, Egypt and learned Arabic. Um, she lived there for a year as a missionary and um, learned Arabic in one year, and now she is in um, a refugee camp in um, Jordan, um, one of the largest refugee camps there, and she is doing evangelism. She's going around, like, from tent to tent in the refugee camps, you know, and uh, it's amazing how God's using her, you know. So, um, yeah, so we all have a part, and it's just, you know, God's, it's exciting to see that um, even in the face of what's going on in our world, um, it's really still all about 
you know, the gospel and people having the opportunity to hear it and to know it and whatever way each of us can be a part of that um, as God leads each of us individually. So, but yeah, do y'all have any questions or, you know, anything you want to know or talk about or? <laughs> yes. How do refugees get chosen from the refugee camps to come to the Western country? Okay. Emmy, how would, um, how would you, um, would you want to answer that one? Yeah. How do they get chosen out of all the masses of refugees? How do they select, you know, from all those thousands of refugees? Yeah. Um, um, different country choose uh, differently. Uh, for example, uh, yeah, last time also, like, someone told me that... Uh, um, Many refugees are like disabled, um, so uh, I, I was telling them like when they choose the refugee, they they ask uh, as I um, as I mentioned that there are more than ten thousand people in refugee camp, so uh, they ask the camp leader to select who who are like uh, the most vulnerable like who, who are disabled, you know, those people they, they select. And it's not the same. Like other countries, sometimes uh, they say United States is selecting only those who are strong, <laughs> those who can work, but it's not the same. But, you know, yeah, different country has different um, criteria. They, they, so sometimes, even though they say, they say the most vulnerable, but there could be some people who, uh, among those, also there are some people who are uh, somehow better situation. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've heard that too, that they tend mm. to want to um, have the ones that um, can't make it in the refugee camps, the ones that are either, because we, we work a lot with the elderly um, the uh, ones with severe medical problems, like ones that have maybe a, some type of disability. We have, you know, refugees that um, maybe we've had some that are hearing impaired, um, you know, uh, have a, a limb missing, you know, have one leg, you know, something like that. So that have a harder time making it in the refugee camps. They don't have access to medical care, you know, there. So they want to send them to the United States above another refugee, you know, who might be stronger and more able to live longer in the refugee camp than another refugee. But I don't really, I, that's a question I even have. I mean, working for World Relief, I don't really know the answer, really, how they choose, how they select, because there's so many millions, you know, of refugees. Um, and, and actually, it's through, we don't have any, of course, any, um, uh, we're not a part of that process. We're just simply a nonprofit Christian organization that the United States government, um, has a contract with, they have a contract with us to where we just supply the case management, the social work yeah. aspect Only of it. after they arrive here. After they arrive. So it's the go the federal government, um, Homeland Security, um, and then the U UNHCR, United Nations, um, they're the ones who have their criteria. And, and also, yeah. I think the host country. The, uh, you mean like the host country from... Uh, um, for example, like uh, Burma, they... They went from Burma. They went to some people went to Thailand, mm -hmm. like Thailand, maybe. 
Yeah. Like, like India. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. They, they, they right. Yeah. I know they have to prove that they're a refugee because there are, you know, most, um, you know, most uh, people around the world want to live in a first world nation. It's a natural desire. You know, you want to live in a nation that's prosperous mm -hmm. and where you have a good education, have more job opportunities. So, so many people want to immigrate to America and in Europe and Canada and Australia, you know, you know, so they'll, a lot of people just want to immigrate based on economic reasons, but to come as a refugee, you actually have to share your story with the United Nations staff members, you, you know, a, a lot of steps. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, that's why it takes so many years, um, to be able to actually get to come. So, cause there are people who just want to come, you know, they just want to come for better, you know, economic opportunities. They don't want to be in an impoverished nation. So, but that's not considered a refugee, just coming just because of economic reasons. You have to actually be coming because you're fleeing your land because of um, persecution and, you know, safety reasons. So, yes. Oh yeah, like you usually yeah, hear the yeah, day before that you're coming. Like yeah, most, yeah. Just be, like us, uh, we know that we are coming to the United States, but we don't know where uh, before one day. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Do you have any more questions? Yes. Um, you know, basically just uh, money that they can spend on just something extra that they may want, um, you know, because they're just, they're just living off, you know, um, they don't have any extra money to buy something that they, that's not a necessity basically. So, and most of them have never even left like their surrounding area, you know, like their apartment complex, they're even going to the grocery store or going to work. Most refugees have never been to the beach, you know, never been to the zoo, never been to the movie theater, you know, never been to the mall. I mean, they pretty much just live in their apartment complex, and that's kind of like, you know, area, and that's all. And they'd walk to the closest grocery store, because most of them don't have cars, at least the first year that they're in the United States. A lot of them don't have a car, so they're based on the local bus system, so they don't get to go anywhere or do anything fun, you know, so mostly, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if, if exciting when they get to have an ice cream cone for the first time. That's really cool to see that, just their excitement. Yeah.
sometimes we, we need to, to put ourselves in their shoes. And I just want you to think for a second, what if right now you left your house and you couldn't go back to it right now? And you only had the clothes on your back and you had to leave a place that you've known for all of your life because of fear, because of hate, because of you're trying to save your life and you've got to go to an unknown place. How scary would that be? And when we start to think in that context, we go, wow, um, I wouldn't make it. Some of you are going, man, I don't think I can make it. And that occurs daily around our world. And that's why the, this refugee, we have a, a chance to affect two fam fam families. And hope, hopefully, with what you've even heard tonight, maybe what, what, what you felt in your hearts, it affects many more than that in the years to come. As a group, we're, we're going to try to impact two. Uh, but there's so much more that needs help, and it's great to impact two. And let me start with that, too. These two, that whoever we're going to get help, they need the help. They need to be loved. They need to know that, that God is bigger uh, and that he has a plan for them. So, so the opportunities we have here are really great, so don't miss out on that. When, when I even thought about refugees and, and what's being shared here tonight, this scripture comes to mind, and I can't get away from it, and this is what it says. It's in Matthew chapter 25, uh, and starting in verse 34, it says, Then the king will say to those on the right, Come you who are blessed by my Father, and inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was um, ne ne naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you vis vis visited me. I was in pri prison, and you came to me. Then the right right righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a, a str stranger and wel wel welcome you, or, or, or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, Truly I say to you, as you did to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. Why do we even help those that are in need? Why? Because it's being, being Christ to the world that needs to see Christ. We do it, sometimes we do things, partly we want to feel better about ourselves. Like I did a good thing, but the core reason why we want do we want do we want to even have have world relief come we, we want to be able to bless these homes that we get to impact but more than that we want to give God honor with our lives and that's a daily thing you will do it in school you've got that opportunity in school whether even if you're homeschooled in different groups you meet that you've got opportunities every day to reach out to those in need and that's what we're called to do and this is the deal well, well, at what point will I have done enough? We can never do enough. And you will be better for it. You will love life better for it when you fight to do it all that you can. So let your life reflect Christ and give to those in need. When you hear about refugees from here on out, I hope you go, huh, hmm. that's got to be bad. Let me at least, let me just pray, pray for them and see what I can do about it. Let me take this list and really go, man, what can I do to help out and to give? You go, well, I'm just a teenager. I'm 11, 13, 15. What can I do? Do you do 
you to, to teach families whose homes we have. So you, not your home, 